Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents... The Elder Scrolls Lorecast! Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. All right. Hey there, adventurers. You might notice that things will look, look a little different. It's just me right now. Lotus is on his way in, but for right now, you just have me, your host, Tom, or Robots. Uh, Lotus of Doom is dealing with something, but he will be joining us hopefully very soon. I think he might be sending me another note to let me know what's going on with that. But in order to buy him a little bit of time and still be here for our live audience who's ready to check out the show, I wanted to first do an introduction about something I'm doing currently. Oh, it looks like Lotus is joining us and talk a little bit about uh, the ESO stuff coming up. And then we'll be digging into Naruvirian. Oh, there's Lotus. Hey, Lotus. Hello. How's it How going? Doing? Good. Sorry about the delay. I uh, started something I should not have started so close to the show, but I accomplished it. So oh, okay. uh, apologies. <laughs> no, uh, no worries. I thought maybe you were having uh, issues with all the weather and all that. No, all and I didn't stuff. want you to think that it was like everything was falling <laughs> apart over here. Because uh, no, I, I, I was trying to do a practice run of Vet Maelstrom Arena, and I actually did it flawlessly and got my achievement for Flawless Conqueror. Holy crap! Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be like a casual thing just until the show started, and then... I was three arenas away and I hadn't died yet. And I was like, oh crap, I'm uh -oh. running out of time. So uh -oh. this is going too well. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is going much, much too well. And yeah, um, I managed to just do it. So, and Noodle just gifted everybody. So thanks Noodle. <laughs> Bye, Noodle. Holy crap. And the, and the screen just exploded. Um, yep. Congratulations, everybody. Noodle, you're too generous. That is amazing. Thank you so much. You're very nice, Noodle. <laughs> very, very, very kind. Um, well, that's a huge accomplishment. Congratulations. Yeah. So as a gauge, that's the third time I've run Maelstrom Arena, which this place is known for being notoriously difficult. Yeah. The first time took me 31 hours and I died like 200 times. Holy moly. I just did it in an hour and 14 minutes without dying once. <laughs> that's nuts. That's crazy. I can't suggest I'm, you know, I'm always down to shout out other people's clever ideas. Go to Alcast solo arena guide. Uh -huh. If you want, it is so it's getting nerfed because it's so completely over the top, uh -huh. but oh my God, I am, I am all amped up. So that's how you time do it. for lore. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I was, I was actually just introducing the show and talking okay. about, uh, some things I was going to preface before we get into our topic. We're talking about Naryu today, the yes. last of our other companion people, but I wanted to talk beforehand, uh, real quickly about, um, what's going on. You've been dealing with the weather, the crazy weather uh -huh. that's, ha that's hitting the country. Um, oh, I, know, yes. I know you've had some issues with water, right? Yes, quite quite a few issues. Uh, we spent about four days without water where I am, um, which was not super pleasant. Um, yeah, that's, but that's rough. Give, given the circumstances in and amongst everywhere in the world, I mean, an inconvenience like that is kind of 
I'll take it at this point because a lot of people have it much, much worse. Oh, so, definitely. Definitely. Know. So that's that's what I wanted to bring up is that there are a number of people across the country, especially in Texas. They're having issues with power and water and even <clears throat> pipes bursting, all sorts of crazy, terrible things. Oh, yeah. And um, so, first of all, our hearts go out to you. I'm sorry if you're dealing with that. Um, secondly, Ken from the Chad Fault 76 podcast is uh, putting together some uh, some relief uh, based around the fallout for hope stuff that he had gathered and, and we brought a bunch of streamers together, content creators back to, back in December, and we all raised money for St. Jude's. And so we're doing something very similar with that. But now the, the money is going to go towards helping people in need during this winter storm. So any yes. money, uh, so those, those subs that just showed up, any, any money that's donated, any bits, any subscriptions, any of that stuff that happens during the live show today will be going directly to the relief for those people. So thank you very much, Noodle. That is actually going to go support people who are going to need, you know, heat and water and, and stuff like that. So um, that is amazing. Thank you and, and very much appreciate it. Um, also, before we get into the lore this week, we've got we've got some new stuff coming for ESO. I wanted to just kind of note here. Um, so we have the Clockwork City and Explore Morrowind Tribunal Celebration thing coming up. Lotus, yes. do you enjoy these types of events? I think they're pretty cool. So I really like doing... So this is going to seem a little weird and not meant to sound as jaded as it might, <laughs> but I really enjoy... Um, doing these events they're, they're a lot of fun this one is new so i actually am excited about this one specifically mm -hmm. i like the double nodes but unfortunately that also means that there are people everywhere so great i get double the nodes but i get maybe a third of the nodes because there's so many people around so yeah. net profit yeah. not great yeah. but um really enjoy doing these events the first one or two times the reason i'm excited about this one is it's new i've been here i mean i i always mention i i was here at the very start but i did not really care for the game when it first launched i felt it was very rough it had a lot of it was much more mmo than it was anything else right. mm -hmm. um but as a result of things kind of changing over the years i have jumped on board and i have been around for most of these events uh every single year yeah, I think that there not are not much oh, so, changes. Sorry. I, I thought you yeah, were pausing no, like you were done. Keep no, going. I'm trying to I was trying to think. So not much changes from year to year. So they're really great. I'm glad they're there still for people who haven't experienced them because just because you weren't at the there at the time, I'm not big into the FOMO thing where it's like, hey, you weren't here in 2016. Right. You shouldn't see this event. It's like, well, all right, that's ridiculous. But um I I really like when they throw in something new or mix it up with what they do, or with this last new life. They added the 10th quest where you could have the Imperial one and you could have that like um, you, you would do the old life festival. Very cool addition to something that I had already experienced a whole bunch, but they added a reason for me to do it again. So having a full new event, pretty mm -hmm. excited to see what it has to offer just in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I enjoy these events because they give you a good reason to go back to a specific place, you know? <laughs> Like you might not yeah. be questing there currently, or you may have done the quests line a, a while ago when that expansion came out or whatever. And then you right. decide, oh, now we get an, a reason to go back and explore and you get to enjoy the sites and the creatures and, you know, the world bosses or whatever, the dungeons again, that kind of thing. So I, I just wanted to pull it up real quick because there's some cool stuff I wanted to point out here. So on the screen is the article that came out about the events and you can see some of the armor that you can, one of the motifs you can get here at the top. 
Um, but it says here, Two Wonderful Worlds, the Tribunal Celebration in-game event begins this Thursday, February 25th, so a week from today, at 10 a.m. Eastern and runs until uh, Tuesday, March 9th at the same time. During the event mm -hmm. period, you can receive the following bonus rewards when adventuring within the Vardenfell and Clockwork City zones. So get this, double reward boxes for zone daily quests and trial weekly quests, increased rewards for harvest nodes, not including fishing holes or heavy sacks. World, delve, and trial bosses will drop additional loot when defeated. Very nice. Public dungeons and world bosses have a chance to drop a tradable new style page for the new Doctrine Order Ordinator outfit style. And the final boss in both the Asylum Sanctorum and Halls of Fabrication have a guaranteed chance to drop a tradable style page for the new Doctrine Ordinator outfit style. So very cool, very cool <clears throat> stuff. And then this, I think, is one of my favorite things. Check these guys out. Right. So Cliff Cliff Strider. Right. Isn't that what those are called? Look at this. Uh, yes. Look at this little dude right on the left, though. He's like a little dinosaur looking guy with oh. little Dwemer arms. Yes. One of the uh, fabricants from Clockwork City. Oh, my God. These guys are awesome looking. They're like little mechanical They're dinosaurs. I don't remember the set off the top of my head, but there is actually a set in game where the five piece bonus spawns one of those and throws it at your enemy. Oh, it's so good. They yeah. look so they're so unique compared to the other things in the rest of the world. Um, <laughs> it's it's so cool. Anyway, go check this stuff out. You, there's a whole bunch of other stuff you can get here. The art, I'm not going to go into everything in the article. All sorts of fun things. This is going to be a fun time. Plus uh, impresario and event tickets. So you can be collecting those for all the new stuff coming out this year. Lots of fun stuff, um, but I just I just want that little guy running around with me. I just want a little pet of him. Like he's so cool, he's so cool. If you're not if you're not watching the live version of this, just go check out. Just go to elderscrollsonline.com and check out the news. You'll see the the post about this um, and all the fun stuff. So anyway, just wanted to wanted to cover that stuff before we dig into the lore today. Um, so. This week, we are rounding out our three important helper buddies from the different main factions. And yeah, the second yeah. in commands, if you will. Yeah. So, yeah, second in commands or representative of the of the faction, the one that kind of goes with you and talks about things. We've covered uh, Razum Dar and uh, Darian. Um, yes. On the last two episodes this week, we're talking about Naryuvirian, who's probably the most mysterious of these three. Razumdar is a fairly mysterious guy, right? He's he's into this whole going around doing stuff thing. Um, oh, and thank you for the donation. That is amazing. Fifty dollars from Alol. Very much appreciated. That will be going to help people. That is amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, big thumbs up to you. Uh, so Naryu is even more mysterious because Naryu is by trade a morag tong assassin this is this is on par with the dark brotherhood in fact she is connected to the dark dark brotherhood storyline when you do that dlc she's she's in all of the creepy and nefarious stuff going on in basically tamriel during this time period like yes. she seems to have her hands in a little bit of everything razandar is sly and he can go places kind of unnoticed and stuff. But when it comes to actually being like dark and mysterious, Naryuvirian hands down way more than Razumdar. Yeah, she's a little less on the up and up than <laughs> yeah. uh, Raz and definitely Darian. Um, 
So she, I almost wonder if some of her appeal is her dark assassin vibe, because granted, um, it, the Morag Tong are fundamentally a little different than the Dark Brotherhood. Yeah, as we discussed on episodes, what, a few months ago. So if you, uh, yeah, if you no, missed those episodes, numbers. yeah, go check that out. We did two episodes on both the rise and the fall of the Morag Tong. So we, right. we discussed that in pretty good detail, yeah. Um, but at the same time, they both have, I mean, granted, one of them is a little more government sanctioned, but at the same time, it's one of those things where neither of these factions or guilds is working outside the shadows. That's part of their thing. So her dealings outside her affiliation with the Ebonheart Pact is, you know, an assassin's guild. That's what she does. She kills people yes. for her job. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Government-sanctioned killings of people. Yes. Um, which means that she's also plugged into kind of the behind-the-scenes reasons why they might be killed and all of the political intrigue uh, there's a little bit of all of that going on. It's uh, it's definitely mysterious and definitely dark and interesting. Um, so like we did with the previous two, I have a section here just kind of roughly about who she is and her background. There's not a ton about her upbringing and background because she is so mysterious. I think it would be really cool to learn a little bit more about that. But there is only so much that we can know outside of the quest lines and things. So we're going to touch on that, the quest lines and some of the things that you do with her in the game without spoiling, spoil, spoiling, spoiling too much. Um, but then after the break, we're going to go through and read the meet the character about her like we did with Darian and um, Roz and in order to get a, a better sense of who who she is and what, what she seems like from an external source. So let's just dig into this. Uh, Nariu Varian is a Dunmer assassin and member of the Morag Tong. Most players will first encounter her in Deshaun when she is tracking the source of the Lotus Plague. She will ask for your assistance several times as she tracks down and deals with the person responsible. Now, this is part of the core game. This is part of the vanilla experience when you start out as uh, the Ebonheart Pact. Yes, if I remember correctly, because this is way, way back. If I remember correctly, this quest specifically is in Deshaun. Yes. Yeah. This is you specifically encounter her in Deshaun at the beginning. It's yeah, but yeah. like the whole quest line is like is you that don't, zone. Yeah, it, yeah, it's in. Yeah, it's in. Uh, that's how actually. That's probably a better way to put it. The entirety of the Lotos Plague takes place in Deshaun. Like you don't right. start in Deshaun. You get a little acquainted with um, the Ebon Harpak storyline. Then once you reach Deshaun, this whole storyline starts. Is gotcha. how I meant that. I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so it goes on. It says uh, you will meet her again at Fort. Amal in East March, where she is disguised as a servant girl on a mission to assassinate a Breton illusionist by the name of Dalin. <laughs> so I love, I love that she just pops back up and you're like, wait a minute, I know you. You're, wait, wait, wait a minute. Um, and then later in Mournhold with Thrush, do during massages across Tamriel, which is or message. I'm sorry, massages messages. <laughs> That would be an amazing quest. You have to give massages to people across Tamriel. Oh, I, man. I oh. mean, to be fair, you did just mention she dresses up as a servant girl that's, to get around the camp. That's so true. It's, 
she does have a lot of weird undertones <laughs> with being flirty. So, I mean, maybe she's Mas- giving massage her massages. Massages across Tamriel. And then, yep. uh, yeah, and the endings are just deadly endings instead. <laughs> oh, man. Um, messages across Tamriel. Uh, she <laughs> also identifies uh, a potential pact agent in the Silent Mire Seeks the Night questline. So, she she's one of those characters that just keeps popping up and mm-hmm. what i think is interesting about this is that you kind of i mean you get to a certain place where you play through one faction stuff and you go to the other faction stuff and you can start seeing similarities like they're mirrored right okay this is the this is the person in charge this is the helper person that kind of sh- keeps showing up doing stuff right and raz kind of has that thing where he shows up at first but then basically he's like here follow me we're gonna go do stuff and you're like, okay, this is this is this guy's job. Darian, kind of the same kind of thing, right? Okay, Darian's showing me ropes, taking me around and stuff. With her, there's more of this like, oh, you're this mysterious person, who, person who's helping me here, and then she's gone, and then she shows up somewhere else again, and you're like, oh, okay, you're you're back, you're you're doing this thing. And I think this is why I didn't catch on to that being the pattern, this idea that there's a specific like like you're saying, second in charge or helper person in each section is because this is the one I did first. Right. Does that make sense? So, like, no, it, yeah, it does. So, I was like, oh, well, she just kind of shows up on different missions every so often, but it's not like she's like training you or taking you forward in a specific intent the way that some of the other ones work. Kind yes. of a rough, and, rough way of speaking, I guess. No, it is. And I mean, it's, it's, we can do our best to explain, um, kind of how each of the storylines, uh, e- for each of the factions that Agrafall Covenant, Ebonheart Pact, and Eldmere Dominion are crafted very differently from each other. And the Ebonheart Pact, although my favorite faction, is possibly the most disjointed structurally of them. You encounter Naryu. She's not necessarily like Raz's second in in command to Queen Aren. It, it that's her basic secret service. Darian end up is isn't directly like King Emmerich's second in command, but he is kind of like your tour guide. She is also in a similar vein to a more of a tour guide thing, except the difference here is you don't actually encounter. Uh, your King Yorand until substantially into the storyline. So the interaction is pretty much non-existent. She's pretty much your guide for a decent amount of the Ebonheart Pact um, until the fourth zone, White, um, <clears throat> well, White Run, uh, that, not White Run, um, Windhelm, when you go to East March. That's, you know, the fourth section of the Ebonheart Pack storyline. That's the first time you actually meet Yorin. Until that time, you are entirely directed by Naryu when she pops up. And otherwise, right. you just kind of quest around fighting these other forces for this group. And they don't just walk you right up to the leader, so to speak, kind of like they do with the Elmeria Dominion. And quickly into the Daggerfall storyline. It's still not as quick as A-Red. You basically are off the boat and here's the queen, but... Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's almost like the other ones, you start at kind of the 10,000-foot view with, like, this is what the Old Mary Dominion is doing, and these, these things are important. Mm-hmm. Now go help us. You know, it's like, now focus on the trees, right? 
Yes. In this, it's more of like, these are the trees. Oh, and these characters pop up. And then here's some more trees and these characters pop up. Okay. <laughs> and then you get a sense of the forest over time, right? Yeah. Well, so the story it, definitely it crafts starts, itself slower. Yeah, it's it's it starts more zoomed in and kind of pans out, whereas some of the other stories kind of start kind of panned out with like, okay, these are the rulers, this is what's going on in, th- in these this area. Okay, now let's go focus on this specific thing. Um, exactly. So yeah, it's kind of has kind of a different pace or or a different I don't know the the way it focuses in is different. I guess you could. say. I mean, to be fair, uh, a different pace is actually kind of a <laughs> it's kind of a really good way to put it once you play through them because the pacing of the three factions is substantially different from each other like mm-hmm. your big bad threat is a little more apparent faction wise with i feel both other alliances as opposed to Ebonheart pact where right. it's there's more skirmishes against the other two factions and you encounter people in these battles less of a okay we need a frontal assault and these are the people preventing this and blah, 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 blah. So it's, it's interesting almost that you deal since she's actually the only one with a guild. Um, now that I think of it, um, of mm-hmm. her own. Yeah. It's kind of funny that when the only one with a guild, the way that the Ebonheart Pact storyline is segmented, you almost have to deal with like little sects or guilds more frequently to start than you do with the other factions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very much more regional and not national kind of yeah, focus. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so that stuff's cool. Um, now, she does show up in other DLCs as well in ways that make a lot of sense. So, for example, she shows up in the Gold Coast, which is the focus of the dark brotherhood dlc on the trail of and i love i love the, the name of this the the sweet roll killer um <laughs> fun quest line to play through as part of the content in the dark brotherhood dlc unlike many members of the morang tong she does not subscribe to the traditional blood feud between the rival assassins guilds and the collaboration is consequently fairly cordial she so she does kind of work differently than a lot of the other morag tong members she personally has uh she's extremely capable as as you're going to find out in the second half of this episode where we talk about her meet the character stuff, but she is kind of a little bit different as well. Um, then uh, new characters who are created in Morrowind will encounter her first when they do their starter quest, uh, Broken Bonds. And then she later shows up as a member of the Redoron counselor's daughter in a series of quests around Balmora. So she also, again, of course, shows up in the Morrowind content, which makes sense because she's a Dunmer. So she, if you actually play through all of these things, she has a hand in tackling some extremely dangerous opponents and in some ways saving the world a few times. Yes. She's pretty Um, phenomenal. Like she's, she's a really cool character who's very, very capable. She also, uh, in relation to the Balmora quest line, which we're not going to just spoil or anything like that, but when you encounter her throughout the Ebonheart storyline, you get a lot of dialogue options. She's pretty flirty and everything like that. When you get to the Morrowind expansion and the quest with the Redoran and the surrounding situation in Balmora, um, you get quite a few choices which she will go along with regardless of if she agrees or disagrees, but it will actually change her temperament pretty severely when you interact with her afterwards, which I personally liked quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that storyline can get very dark in Balmora. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh yeah. Anytime you're dealing with 
some of the um i don't know politics of more yeah, the house conflicts the house conflicts are, are rough <laughs> yeah 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 assassins and slavery and all sorts of wonderful stuff so uh magic um yeah so that's that's basically her involvement now you'll notice that we didn't talk anything about her upbringing where she was born and raised what her family life was like siblings parents nothing because we don't have that information she doesn't talk about it it's not in the wikis it's not something that comes out so it, it may be one of those things that's interesting to dig into a little bit further in the future or she may just be one of those mysterious characters that we never really learn anything about her background other than some of the information that we'll be going through when we get back and uh real quick thank you again to to noodle noodle has now gifted two more uh extra subs um, a total of 22 subs in this channel. That is amazing, Noodle. You are you are amazing. So tell you what, let's go to the middle of the show. We're gonna again thank Noodle in the middle of the show and our <laughs> other patrons, and then we'll come back and we'll we'll read through the meet the character. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire, and every one a sign. Noodle al dente, you are ridiculous. You are also our tier five supporter on patreon which means that you get called out every episode so thank you noodle for supporting the show you and the other tier four patrons will be able to join us next week at this time because that is our last thursday of the month that's the 25th at 9 p.m eastern uh to talk and be on be on the show talking about whatever we want to talk about so let's get let's get chatting about that whatever you guys think would be a really fun topic throw some ideas out there on the discord. If you would like to be involved with that, or you'd like to check out some of the other rewards that you can get for being a patron and helping to support the show, then go to patreon.com slash elder scrolls lorecast. Thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are amazing. There's 44 of you, which is phenomenal. And you're what helps make this possible for me to do every month. And you are very, very much appreciated. Um, we're getting closer and closer to that $500 a month goal, which means I can get a really cool elder scrolls, tattoo elder scrolls lorecast tattoo something like that i'll put it on like one of my shoulders uh along with the fallout one that i'm gonna get at some point and um hopefully we'll get there at some point and the other things that you can get are things like ad free episodes the extended versions if we go longer after the close of the show you'll be able to hear that stuff all sorts of other things so go check that out and uh thank you again to all of our supporters hey there my name is jameson or big cat and i am brenna or mother goose and together, we are the hosts of The DL, Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. All right, we're back. So like with all of these other characters, there's a meet the character. There's specific documents in the game that talk about them. We've pulled something like that for each of them. This one here is by Asher who is also a Morag Tong assassin and is called a Morag Tong assassin's petition to his grand master. And I love that. I love that these things are written in a way where you get not only a sense of the character we're talking about, but of the character who wrote it as well. 
um, and the organization as a whole and maybe how things function. It's kind of fun. So this starts out and like always, Lotus, feel free to jump in if anything yep. stands out to you. Uh, it says, Grandmaster, I wanted to talk to you face to face, but your auditor refused to grant me entry to your office, <laughs> which is hilarious. Like you, you'll, you'll start to understand maybe why that's the case coming up. Uh, as we get to the end of the document, she actually ordered me to put my request in writing. When did the business of murder become so regulated? That's what I want to know. <laughs> like this murder, this should be easy. This is too hard. <laughs> like why, why do we have to fill out forms? I digress. The reason for this letter, I'd like to work with Nar Uvirian now that she's returned to Vardenfell. Why, you're probably wondering, would an assassin of my rank standing and experience within the Morag Tong want to share a writ or two with a relatively new operative who's been busy gallivanting far from the seat of our power in Vardenfell? Well, that's just it. Naryu has seen the world from Deshaun to Eastmarch, Mournhold to the Gold Coast. Sound familiar? These are all the places that we talked about doing quests with her, and this was written <laughs> as kind of a uh, a prep for the Morrowind expansion. She's racked up more seals on her travel documents than most of the Morag Tong in recent years. Our status and reputation have improved, as you well know, but we're far from the heights of influence we once commanded. Look at Naryu's perspective and experience abroad. I want to take advantage of the knowledge she's gained to make me better at my job. Just don't tell her I said that. She thinks that offering compliments is a sign of weakness. And I learned long ago never to show that woman any indication of vulnerability. <laughs> so <laughs> you were talking about her, um, like changing moods based on your, your decisions and being a yep. little bit, uh, I mean, she seems very, very stern, very opinionated when she needs to be, you know, and generally flirty and fun when it's advantageous to her. That's kind of the, the mood I get. You think? That's oh accurate. yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I didn't know if you were just going to jump back in. Yeah, no, absolutely. She she uses pretty much anything in her toolkit, and as you know, the internet will latch onto anything and everything. Um, they love Naryu, and Naryu loves Naryu. <laughs> so <laughs> she definitely uses that to her advantage quite frequently. Right. Right. So it goes on and says, um, <clears throat> I'm not one to tell you what you already know, but the reports I've been privy to concerning Naryu's activities read like the adventures of Investigator Vale. Stopping a plague, saving a king, catching a relentless murderer, all the while <laughs> completing each and every writ and contract assigned to her. That's impressive. Add to that her sardonic wit, her I don't give a fetch attitude. And the fact that she makes even more egg tong leathers look good. And it is any wonder they call her the beautiful darkness. That is such a good name for like an attractive Dunmer, you know, because they've got like the ashen kind of gray, dark gray skin, you know, like yep. the beautiful darkness. Like I totally get that. And I also I also totally get why like the fan base might be kind of smitten a by this infatuated a little bit. Yeah, with her. yeah bit. Like, mm, she's, she's pretty hot and dangerous. OK, yeah. I'm good with that. So it goes on and says, did you know I helped train Naryu back in the day? Oh, we actually have some background here, if this is actually true. It was a toss-up as to whether or not Varen Daval, who we don't know a whole lot about, I don't think, and I were getting to or were going to get to mentor her through the final stages of her apprenticeship. But I decided to let Varen have all the fun. 
I suppose I'm regretting that decision now, so I want to make up for it by getting to work with Naryu. I see her in action. I know this might be a lot to ask for, but when was the last time I requested a favor from our esteemed Grand Master? True, it was a week ago last month, mourned us. <laughs> but what about the time before that? Remember I noted at the beginning the whole concept of like, why wouldn't you let me in to, to, to your office to talk to you? It's probably because he bugs the Grand Master way too much. Um, he then goes on and says, uh, I don't make it a habit is what I'm trying to get across here. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> what can we expect of Naryuvirian now that she's back in Vardenfell? From all indications, only the best. She's a warrior without equal, capable of cleaving her way through an army of cultists or nonchalantly slipping a dagger between the ribs of a single target with relative ease. She knows more ways to disable or kill a person than even I do, and that's saying something. She's basically the, the John Wick of uh, the Morag Tong, right? Like, Yeah, more or less. Yeah, like, she killed just, a man with a pencil. You know, like right, and all I picture is like slow mo matrix moves as she's like throwing daggers and kick flipping over other things. It's like she's like the ultimate assassin. Yes, yes. Can we get? There's rumor that they're putting together an Elder Scrolls TV show, right? Like, there's I I've heard those rumors there's, as well. Yeah, there's an announcement that the Fallout one is definitely in you know pre production or whatever, um, but that the Elder Scrolls they might be doing an Elder Scrolls one too. Um, I vote that we stay away from any of the like mainline stories. No Dragonborn, no mainline anything, you know, Emperors of Serial, none of that stuff. Just the adventures of adventures of Nar Naryuvirian as basically the John Wick of the Elder Scrolls universe. I think that would be badass. Like someone kills her pet Guar or something, and then she goes on a rampage <laughs> and like kills everybody. That would be hot. That would be that would be amazing. Hey, there you go. It's, it's, now it we have to practically writes itself right now. We just have to debate who would play her. It would be her. Um, you know, we always talk about these um, amazing blur videos, by the way, if you're interested in a blur video, uh, which is the company that um, makes the uh, what do you call the FMVs for their trailers and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh if you're interested in Naryu and would like more Naryu in your life, uh, look up the Morrowind trailer. Other than it being an awesome trailer, she is very involved with the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. could just, we, we need to just go digital because then she can look exactly like everyone wants and, and not have to try to cast somebody based on an ashen blue person. I mean, it could, you could get, uh, who's the girl from the MCU that plays, um, uh, Gamora, you get the Gamora. Oh, actress. All right. She could do there it. There you go. Yeah. You just have to like, you, you know, go. put some sort of like bluish gray skin on her, but she's used to wearing the weird makeup, you know, but she, she could pull it off. She'd do it. She'd be great. Um, anyway, it goes on and says, uh, you know, uh, and that's saying something that she knows more about killing and disabling people than I do. Poison, Garrett, knife, arrow, sword, polearm, stew pot, bedsheet, <laughs> hairpin, and even a copy of Lord Vivek's 24th sermon. She can turn even the most inoffensive bauble into a deadly weapon. I mean, let's, uh, I think that probably there are more people who have died from just reading Vivek's sermons just from boredom than, <laughs> than, <laughs> than have been murdered by them. Um, but... 
that's just a, just a joke. And I'm going to have all the Vivek fans. Oh, yeah. All, yeah was, all any the, of the tribunal people will be all over the, you now. Yeah, any of the, like, the big like Morrowind fans who are like all about that stuff are going to be like, oh, my God, it's not boring. It's, okay, okay, okay. I get, I get it. I get it. Okay. It touches my soul. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see how she handles a writ that targets House Redoron or House Hlalu. I expect it to be an eye-opening experience, to say the least. Now, I heard that she's decided to take on an apprentice of her own now that she's back in the bosom of the Morag Tong. Don't let that influence your decision regarding my request. I won't inf interfere with her teaching duties. If I can't kill it, eat it, or bet it, what do I care? <laughs> let her play at being a teacher. But when a particularly intriguing writ comes along, one that requires more than a single assassin to complete, I want to work with Naryu to get the job done. Grant me this minor boon, I promise not to ask for another privilege for at least a month. No, make that two. I just want to bask in the action and adventure that seems to spin around Naryu the way Bardow hangs, is that the way you pronounce it, over Vivek City, the, uh, the I, rock? Yeah, yeah. Bardow. Bardow. <laughs> yeah. I, again, it's tough to have exact pronunciation of names that were made up. Like, <laughs> but I've always heard it Bardow, like, at seems fine yeah yeah wow see chaser just signed up for uh patreon tier uh tier four wow congratulations thanks for signing up that's awesome um yeah that might be the dragon well, i don't remember what the different titles are but uh it's on there if you look at it <laughs> so yeah bardow hanging up above the city and if we can stay close to balmora all as much or so much the better the randy netch inn serves a scuttle encrusted fungal eel every freight ass that's just to die for Mmm, that scuttle-encrusted fungal eel. With utmost respect, Asher of the Quiet Blade. So, these things are always entertaining to read. I think that they're they're written really well and smart. And you notice, again, that we're getting almost as much about Naryu as we are about this individual himself, Asher of the Quiet Blade, yep. which is which is cool stuff. Um, and Noodle signed up uh, an, a sea chaser for, for a subscription. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for the support this this time this has been amazing um we're gonna be able to give a lot to uh charity um any thoughts on this lotus um i mean not specifically anymore that we have like than what we've already said um from me personally but like yeah i, I don't know i i guess i don't really have a lot to add to this specifically that we haven't already kind of mentioned i guess yeah yeah I mean, it's pretty straightforward. She's a badass it assassin is. who yeah. is known for it. She's accomplished a lot of things. She's not to be trifled with. She's the John Wick of the Morag Tong. That's honestly, that's like a really funny, but really accurate way of describing her, especially because when she fights on quests and the NPCs, you know, fight each other and stuff like that. But she is she's she's an acrobat of death so it's it's <laughs> <laughs> she she's an impressive you know assassin and it's it's really apparent that she takes great pride in her work i guess would be a good way to put it because she does not leave a lot of loose ends yeah 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 you know i think it would be cool to learn more about her but i also think it would be cool to have you know, just kind of this air of mystery. I think uh, mm -hmm. that's that's cool in its own way. Yeah, I don't know. Knowing things is great. Like it, having more information, being able to discuss it, it. It it's 
tons of fun. Mm-hmm. But then having that element of mystery and not everything just spelt out to the utmost extreme, the the not knowing adds that element of you filling in the blanks yourself and provides a different type of discussion. So a good mix of just enough information without flooding you with it, I tend to enjoy more. So her background being shrouded in mystery, but you know what you know based on how you interact with her throughout the story and through these different you know, pieces of writing in the game and stuff like that, I think personally is probably the best way to give you enough information on her so that you can connect to her, but shroud her in mystery like you would kind of assume from an assassin or somebody in her position. Right. I think she's the kind of character who you don't need to know more about her to be compelled and drawn to her. It's the mystery itself. Like somebody like Darian starts off as like, oh, he's kind of this playboy jockish guard soldier guy and Mm -hmm. you know he's charming but eh. But then the more you learn about him you go okay he's actually really interesting and there's a lot going on here and that's what draws you in with somebody like naru simply you know just just saying somebody's a like dunmer assassin of the morag tong is compelling by itself and then finding out that she's extremely capable and she keeps showing up and like, like there's something just naturally compelling about that without having to tell you more about her. Right. Agreed. Um, so yeah, it, it does kind of work a little bit differently, I think. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, we talked about this on the previous episode. I think it would be really cool to have uh, an expansion to the dark brotherhood stuff and to have her show up or, or to have some more friction or at least I don't know, involvement between the Morag Tong and the Dark Brotherhood in ESO. That is something, I mean, without just getting all speculative, that's something I would really love is more of their conflict because they don't get along. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And she's kind of in the middle of it in a way. Like she's kind of this connection point between the two and doesn't really have a problem with either group. Um, But if all of a sudden they were at open war with each other, then she would have to choose sides and that would become interesting. And maybe you would too. And that would be interesting. Agreed. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I love that idea because it's an idea that hasn't really been explored just yet. So having, I mean, if they do want to bring her back, recurring characters are a thing that people enjoy, uh, you know, having another reason to have her back around is very cool if that's the type of thing you like. And the other benefit is at this time period of Elder Scrolls Online and the Interregnum, you have a much larger influence of both of these, whereas later on in the timeline, you know, the Dark Brotherhood gets pretty much wiped out several times over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or the Morag Tong is just straight up outlawed. Like, they're, you know, and they're they're less, I mean, they're still in hiding in this period, but it's, it's much more extreme later on down the line. It's like, having having them both be a little more readily acceptable at this exact time period like they are, Mm -hmm. the Dark Brotherhood being a little more open than the uh, Morag Tong still, is just like, it's very cool that that those could both coexist and have rather elaborate storylines that maybe intertwine and cause a conflict we haven't seen yet in the series right and 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 then you could even play into it the idea that like 
trained assassins would be crucial to saving the world. And, um, but of course they're not doing it for that reason so much as they are for, you know, ideology or payment or whatever. Um, you could kind of wrap those stories into each other because usually the, the dark brotherhood stories don't have to do with saving the world so much as like internal intrigue. Yes. Um, uh, it, <laughs> the Dark Brotherhood tends to be the Dark Brotherhood's biggest enemy more often than not. <laughs> right, right. By, uh, by definition, they are kind of their greatest, their own greatest threat. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I'd love to hear or experience, not just hear, but experience more of that kind of stuff uh, in the future. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's <laughs> that's Naru, and hopefully we get more stuff with her in the future. She's already shown up a, a lot, but I. I doubt that she's going to be a character they don't come back to at some point. Um, yeah. And so, definitely, I, I strongly suggest, I mean, you encounter if you do the Ebonheart pack storyline, but make sure if you do decide and play Elder Scrolls Online, if you do decide to go to Morrowind, definitely check out the Belmora storyline. Um, it is very fascinating and pretty involved. It is not a short quest line so it's nice and rich with storytelling it's ve very 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 good and lets you have a little bit of your own spin to it deciding some of the situations that you're left to make the final choice in yeah yeah go enjoy it there's i mean if, if and again if anybody who hasn't jumped into elder scrolls online if you're looking for more of these kinds of stories it's it's a great game to give you more stories even though there's lots of people running around you can still play through each of these sections on your own experience the stories just like you would in something like skyrim so uh we highly recommend go check it out so lotus you have anything else going on you want to call out or talk about before we head out um no not really i was gonna say hopefully uh weather permitting i don't have any further issues but uh yeah just kind of a generalized stay safe everybody wherever you happen to be some of the weather is a little little out of the ordinary so you know yeah. take care of yourselves and be safe um ideally i will be able to uh record on saturday with uh the other show i'm part of tales of tamriel and um yeah that's pretty much it uh, if you ever need to get a hold of me i'm lotus of doom pretty much anywhere i have an account you if you find lotus of doom <laughs> it's most likely me there you go there you go um uh let's see what do i have going on we've got the the money that we're raising for for helping everybody right now and thank you again to everybody who contributed or signed up or whatever whatever you did during yep. this stream uh, very it. very much appreciated um sea chaser also thank you for subscribing on the patreon so generous um make sure that you connect your patreon and your discord accounts so that you can get your role access to the special channels and then we can discuss what we're going to talk and then you can join us next week on the show so that's super exciting uh, I think that's mostly it. Other than um, Thursdays are now going to be a a day of podcasts. We have the Fallout Lorecast moving to 2 p.m., which we started this week. Next week's going back to Monday because that's our patron episode. But the regular episodes will be at 2 p.m. on this channel on, on Thursdays. Then we have this show at 9 p.m. And then immediately following this show at 10.30, we have the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. So if you're already hanging out, you're welcome to... You know, I might take a quick break and go get a drink and stuff and then come back. But you're welcome to come back and join us for the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast. And if you're into role playing games and those kinds of things, it'd be a great, a great thing for you to check out. I would appreciate you guys checking out the show, too, because I think we do an awesome job with it. Um, so that that's what I've got going on. Thursdays are a big podcasting day for me now. 
And Noodle, thank you for the the the, the next sub that you that you gifted. The most generous pasta dish on Twitch. <laughs> you were the most generous of all pasta dishes. Thank you very very much. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's. I guess that's it for this week. Stay safe out there, everybody. If you are dealing with weather and things, then you know. Good luck to you. And um, we have a big community on Discord, so you might have ways of reaching out to other people if you don't know anybody nearby who might be able to offer help if that's if you're kind of at the end of the rope there that, that might be a way to find other people locally i'm not sure but you know we're, we're all rooting for you and until next time stay safe out there and if you come across a uh dark and beautiful deadly assassin and she's got your name on a writ then i don't know what you did but man good luck yeah you messed up <laughs> you messed up all right guys see you next time Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESOLorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86 host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once upon a wasteland is their story. Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story. Available now.